When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to the Six Rings King Show on a new night, Monday night now, baby. Uh, we're really excited, actually, to have uh, um, Eric McLean on the show here, college football analyst, co-host uh, of the Huddle. Coach, yes. yes. All right. <laughs> First touchdown of the year. <laughs> Miami Hurricanes, yeah. You know the name already. It's Merced. Ha ha. It's the Six Red King Show. Can't forget the name, though. Got Jazz Blue Vision DJ break the game code. Ain't no changing up. Ain't no breaking up. Real port alive from the Hall Ride Stadium. Ball 14 for the orange or green. You see the Six Red Champs. It's more than a dream. This is life on the field. Beyond 100 yards of hurricane. That's never still put a damage in What's wrong with us? Seriously. What's wrong with us? We're Miami Hurricanes fans. Welcome to the Six Rings Cane Show, a show dedicated to Miami Hurricane sports, featuring the legendary Larry Bluestein, Jazz Santana, Vish, and Danny Gillette. Let's go, Canes. Look at that. Right on time. Timing. Huh? Man makes an entrance. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, baby. What's going on, fellas? It's good to see you. How you doing, good guys? Good to see you. Doing all right. Doing all right. Uh, spring practice is back. Yeah. Uh, just got started. Got some position battles going on. And, uh, you know, a little recruiting is going on, too. They've got some big names coming in this weekend. So, uh, you know, we've got something to talk about, Bish. Blue. DJ. All right. Yeah. Yeah, and we have some decent uh, basketball programs, too. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. The basketball teams are playing. And Still baseball, playing. Still and playing. Baseball yes. in the top yes. 25 yes. again. Yeah, baseball just finished winning 10 to 5. So. All right. Well, I mean, I guess there's something to talk about Is that today. five in a row for the baseball team? Uh, yeah, it's five in yeah, a row. five in a row. Wow. Okay. Number 17 in the country, baby. Yeah, and it's playing at Wake Forest this weekend. Wake Forest is the top five team. It's a yeah. big series. Big series. Yeah. That's going to be tough. But, uh... Well, Virginia Tech was pretty damn good, and they took care of them. Yeah. Things are looking uh, up. Looking up. Looking up for Miami sports, baby. Uh, big shout out. Yeah, You know what? <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm sorry about that. But let's get started with, this bas- with these basketball teams real quick. Because, um, by the way, we will be doing a – for anybody that's on – the show yet or come in or the rewatch crew uh we will be doing a live uh kind of like a live broadcast per se of of the basketball game on friday uh friday night the men's basketball game so make sure you keep it locked out we'll be posting it on our social media it'll be nice and you know it'll be cool blue hopefully you can hop on dj i know vish you'll be at the game you'll be I, 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 I will not be hopping on 
You will not be hopping on, and that's fine. Um, last time you hopped on while you were out of game, we lost. So that is true. It's in the. I, I got to recut this intro. It's all like it's a horror show. <laughs> <laughs> like everything bad. Like let's let's bring Ponce out there, Eric, Mark Clan. This it. is a horror show. I mean, it, it, every clip in there. Uh, the least scary part is me waving a knife around. Like we got to recut that. We got you and Blue at the Middle Tennessee State game. We got uh, oh, we got man. me at Kyle Field. We got Eric McLean on there telling us that the uh, team is good. Yeah, uh, we, we got, got we got we got former Miami Hurricanes coach Frank Ponce. Like we got yeah. we got to make some moves on that intro. That's not a good intro. Tell me, yeah, about it. Tell me about <laughs> yeah, it. right. Maybe we should just like put you know using my jinx powers from the Formula One podcast. Maybe I should just like. You know, put Florida Gators in there and stuff because then they'll just stick. They'll get the, you know, I have the superpower. I can't Please elevate don't. things, but like I can bring them down. So Please don't oh, maybe we can get Gators. Destiny Harden to call in. And, uh, <laughs> drop that would be pretty awesome. Dropping yeah, you can drop all the F bombs you want on this show, girl. Don't worry about that. <laughs> well, apparently she can on ESPN too. So uh, I know, right? Yeah. That was kind of crazy. They were, they were like quoting it all over the internet. Like <laughs> that was awesome. I love it. Well, that. the whole thing is she was just being honest. They asked her what the coach said to her. So she told them. Yep. And then she said, excuse me, that's okay. You know what? Say it and then it apologize later. But that's fine. I, I was telling Vish and uh, DJ before, you got to credit the announcers. They just like, as soon as she's, they just went right through that thing like she didn't say anything. As Thank they God. should. Honestly, as they should. Yeah, that was yeah. the right thing. Face right up thing. and win the effing game. Yeah. yeah. That's, it. <laughs> that's it. You're in the heat of the moment. I mean, don't sugarcoat it. So we mentioned earlier, big win by Canes baseball again today, beating FAU, who they lost to a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So, uh, you know, kind of back on track. They are, I think, 15 and six now on the year. So ranked 17th in the country. Uh, pitching is still a question mark, at least big after time. the first two, at least after Friday and Saturday. <laughs> Friday. Friday and Saturday, it looks like they finally figured out, which we had spoken about it all before, right? Uh, Gabe Zeal wasn't your Friday night starter, but he seems to be set- settling into that Saturday night role. Uh, Carson Ligon is obviously the the the, the ace there. Uh, they're still figuring out what the hell is going what on. Even, with, what do we do there with Rosario? We have no idea what the hell is going on. Is it going to be Torres? You think this week? Um, you know what? It, it might have to be right. Torres is probably our, our second, our third best guy right now on the hill. Lecarica, I think, is more of a, a long. Well, they, they started him today, and he gave up three home runs in the first inning. So probably right. not, not going to be a permanent role. Yeah, I don't know if he's a he's a starter right now. So. Well, he and then they've tried Chestnut in the midweek. He struggled a little bit. They actually started Torres, I think, against FIU, and he gave up a bunch of runs in the first inning. Like they're just it's weird, man. It's uh, weird. Just, and and Torres is always lights out of the bullpen. They started him. He got knocked since uh, since has been throwing really well. He's yeah. been pitching really well, but I think, I think he's much more of a situational reliever at this absolutely. point. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you've got some of the lefties like Schlesinger pitched today, pitched well too. Mm-hmm. So um, <clears throat> we'll see, we'll see. Next, wait, uh, this weekend, just, wait can you explain? Us. Okay, so wait. Well, I know we're not going to spend the whole time talking about baseball, but I have a question for you. So Because you're obviously a baseball guy. You played college like you played at a high level. Why is Rosario so easy to hit? Um, you know, some guys some guys hitters see see the ball better out of their hands, right? It doesn't matter how hard you throw, you know, you know, the, the whole saying, you know, these, some of these guys had a heavy ball, right? A heavy, a heavy fastball. And, and what that means basically blue DJ, if you guys want to kind of chime in on this also is, is the ball gets at you. It, it gets on top of you a lot quicker uh, because they know how to hide the ball, um, you know, coming out of their hand. It's all about arm angles. It's all about, you know, uh, you know, mechanics and things of that nature, right? You may have a guy, uh, that throws 95 miles an hour, 
But if you see everything coming out of his hand, you can pick up the spin, you can pick up the release, you know, your release points, your timing is a lot better than a guy that throws 95 and the ball all of a sudden, boom, and then comes out of nowhere, right? So those are little things, right? With him, and do, and do you it, think that's probably what's happening? Because I mean, could, on, on paper, he should be unhittable, and everyone yeah, but maybe he's flat, right? The ball's yeah. flat. Well, he's you got know, he's got no movement. I mean, his no, ball. It, does that's not what move. I mean by flat, right? It, it doesn't yeah, move. It's his just ball does it's not just move. It's a straight and, fastball, right? And if you look at guys, uh, some of the better pitchers. Uh, what they'll do is they could throw their fastball and it could have movement on it. And he right. just throws this like, um, like we were just talking about, he throws a flat ball and then, you know, even though he throws hard, it's just people could adjust to it a lot, you know, a lot easier. I mean, I, I was watching the world baseball classic the last couple of nights and you could see some of the pitchers that came in there and their movement was crazy. Even though that they're throwing, you know, I think there was, uh, I think the kid from Japan, they, they, I think they gave him five straight fastballs, and not one of them, not one of them, did not move. And right. uh, hey, listen, you know that's that that separates a really, really good pitcher from a good pitcher. So. You see the guys like the old school pitchers, pitchers, and I'm going to throw one at you from 20 years ago, right? David Gill, uh, he's a guy that threw hard, 92, 93, 94 off the bump. But his ball never, never was straight, right? It all, it always moved. Alex Santos is another guy, right? Guy threw 94, 95 miles an hour, but the ball just never stayed in the same spot, right? Yeah. And throwing those guys out you because they were probably one of the, you know, some of the most successful pitchers in in Miami in my in, in history, right? And then you yeah. got guys that throw a little bit softer, like your JD Artiagas, but they can put it wherever they want, and the ball could go, you know, move. You can he can manipulate the, uh, his fastball to move. And that's where you get, you know, that's where you get the guys. I'm not saying none of these guys are Greg Maddox, but that's where you get the Greg Maddox. No, you're world, right. You know what you're I mean? Right. So um, I think that's the biggest issue. Like, is he a guy? I think he's more of a guy that can come in uh, and be your, 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 you know, a, a stopper. I think he might be a, a, a throws you know, hard, throws, he throws hard. So give him one inning, give him two innings. He can be the hold guy uh, right. to come in <clears throat> right before, um, right before Walters, because right now Guile's not. He's not I mean, Gallo can't. He's another guy though. Throws 95, 96 miles an hour, but his ball's his ball flat. Move. His ball doesn't yeah, move. I think. I think. I think. I would say the difference between uh, people and 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 Gallo is with with Rosario. It's just it's it's all it's like five bad pitches and they all get smacked over the wall. Like Gallo has just been. It's up here too. It's been a complete disaster. Like I mean. Rosario will strike out four batters in a row, then hit one, and the next guy homers, and it's like two runs. I'm like, what, what just happened? You were in total control of this game, and that's yeah. Gallo's well, not he, even. Gallo's not. I don't know what happened. To him. Yeah, he's, he's all over the close. place. He's a Daniel he's Bar right now. Close. He actually put him in against when we were up twenty-one to six against Virginia Tech on Saturday. Like, all right, pressureless inning, go out there, he gave up two home runs. Yeah, like he's well, completely gone. He's completely. That's not gone. a good thing. No. But you know what? Here too, when you have a good catcher, and the catcher will move all over in the back, and what he'll do is he'll come inside, he'll go outside. Very rarely is he going to throw one right, you know, a cock shot right down the uh, the middle. Right. So that's what. And I was always uh, told that if you have a really good catcher, you could throw almost a whole inning of fastball. You really can because they can move you outside. They can move you inside. Oh, 100%. And, yeah, so you don't have to throw breaking pitches. And, you know, sometimes uh, that's to a detriment, especially if you're, like you just said, if you're used to being a fastball pitcher and getting it up there in the 94 uh, range and then all of a sudden uh, they start asking you to, to throw 
you know, sliders and overhand curveballs, you're going to have some things that are going to, they're going to hang up and you're yeah. going to get crushed. This is why Andrew Walters is so success, successful. Yeah. Right? He throws nothing but fastballs, but it's, it's arm angles. It's, it's where the catcher sets up for him. He hits his spots. And then every once in a while, he'll throw you some sort of curveball, some sort of off speed, just to kind of, you know, get, get you looking at something different, right? Your, your eye level right. or something. But, <clears throat> and with him, it's 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 that, but he has a heavy fastball. His fastball moves a little bit, right? Kind of, I don't know if it dips, but it kind of, you know, maybe rises a little bit. So he's got some movement. So I just think that with him, he has he he's going to be more successful as a pitcher if he learns more pitches, right? If he knows how to if he knows how to command off speed pitches, so a slider, a changeup, a sinker, cutter. Those kind of things. If he doesn't have that arsenal, he's not gonna he's not gonna be a good pitcher. He's just gonna yeah. struggle because all he does is throw hard, but it's flat. Right, right. But I think- and especially in this day and age, you've got so many people to work with guys like that year round, and yep. you know it all becomes mechanical. And if you're a mechanic, just like in anything in any position, uh, but you know I, I watch them pitch, and not just Miami, but you know you see a lot of the the teams. Uh, you know, I, even in high school. I mean, you got kids that could bring it up there. I mean, you, they can get yeah. into the 94, 95 range, but they also have movement. And so they'll have, you know, a fastball that moves, plus they have a slider, a slider and they have a change. So if they have that arsenal, they're going to go a long way, especially with the 95-mile-an-hour fastball. Because right. you, as you just said, you could run that inside on somebody and tie them up. And that's the one thing I was watching last night with Otani and some wow. of the other pitchers. What they do is they get the ball up into you so quickly. And yeah. if you look, he set up. Uh, Trout last night. He went inside the first two times, then threw him a, a slider outside, and he was dead. And so because he was he was waiting back, and uh, yeah, all I'll those all those pitches for Japan were unbelievable. Awesome, Absolutely. and 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 unfortunately, they threw they brought their best. We didn't. And Correct. that, that, you know, I didn't, you know, you could have loved to have a Scherzer out there or somebody like that, you know, I mean, a, uh, but you didn't, but you know what, still, it was great baseball. And I, I remember after D Edwin Diaz got hurt, uh, Oh, they're never going to have this again. Yeah, they are. Those four games out drew the Marlins for two months. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, so they're going to have it. Their the revenue is crazy. The interest was crazy. I was I, I was at the Venezuela game. Venezuela I enjoyed USA it, game. I was at yeah. that game, and that is the create aside from the 1997 World Series that I went to when the Marlins played the Indians. Yeah, yeah. That is the craziest atmosphere I have ever witnessed at a baseball game in my entire yeah. life. It my buddy went to the Cuba game, and you imagine that. I yeah. mean, you yep. have with all the with all the the hostility you have but you get that in between the lines and those I mean listen every one of those countries every one of those countries uh, they have dudes i mean you yeah, know they you know and it shows you how important some of these caribbean countries are to the major leagues i mean you know to have those teams like you said dominican republic and venezuela and cuba and puerto rico i mean they have they have guys you know and and you look at them uh, although I, I, I far to, hard to figure how Lars Newt Bar is Japanese, but I, mean, I know that threw me off for a little big time. <laughs> Lars Newt Bar, me too. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny. Vishina was asking me the uh, the other day. She's like, "Does every is everybody that's 
on the on Team USA American, or do they have like Cuban guys or this? And I go, no, most they're all American. Yeah. All of those guys are American. The only other, all, all the other teams have guys like that. Like, like, and I told her, like, look, this guy, Lars Nupar. Where the hell is that guy Japanese? Like, where yeah. the hell is that? Yeah, Obviously, his mom. He's got, yeah, his mom, right? Yeah, he's got Japanese. But, but like another guy's like Randy Rosarena, who is he's a beast. He's Cuban, <laughs> he's as far beast. as I know. He's Cuban, as far as I know. Two two weeks he's ago, for he Mexico, became, right? Yeah, two weeks ago, he became a Mexican citizen. And he's playing for Team Mexico. This well, is crazy, yeah. right? Crazy. How how when did Jock Peterson become a Jewish guy? You know, yeah. I, mean, uh, <laughs> I just yeah. felt bad for Freddie Israel. Freeman playing in Canada, and like he was like the only good good player that they had. <laughs> yeah. Poor yeah. Freddie Freeman. Well, yeah, they, somebody asked me. Well, oh, Joey Votto oh, didn't play, and there's a couple of others that didn't true. play, and they're Canadian. True. So. Yeah. true. Well, shout out to uh, to Fetterman and uh, Danny Valencia were on on the Israeli on, team on the Israeli team too. They, yeah. got, they got shellacked. Yeah, it doesn't matter, man. Good to see they Danny Valencia out there. Shellacked, bro. They actually, um, took Puerto Rico was eight to seven in that one game. Oh, and yeah. Italy too. I mean, you look Italy, at Italy. Italy uh, another team that had a couple guys on that team too. Yeah, Mike Piazza. <laughs> yeah. I know we digress and we got into the World Baseball Classic, but I guess we had to throw it in there. I mean, baseball. Yeah. Team, all right. So. Um, but let's kind of get back to real quick. We got to mention these basketball teams, man. The women. Let's start off with the, with the women. Shout out to first of all what they did against Oklahoma State, coming down from seventeen points down yeah. at the half, coming back and winning that game was unreal. And then they go into Indiana. At yeah, home. Was- Indiana's playing at home. They're the number one seed in the bracket, and Miami, for the most part, right up until the end, yeah. was putting a shellacking on them as well. So I mean, really impressive. How they hung hung tough. They missed some free throws, and I told you, Vish, they're gonna lose this game because they missed these free throws. But Destiny Hardy came back and um, hit that game winning shot. I was really impressed by the women's team. They've got a shot, huh, Vish? Now they play Villanova, the the four seed. Yeah, they're they're tough. You know the most about the women's team, yeah. So I gotta give it to you though. Yeah, one. yeah, no, they're 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 tough. A lot of depth. And and Villanova is the opposite. They have one player who might be the best player in the country. I'm just right. 29, 29 and nine. Wow. Shoots 50%, shoots 38% from three. Whew. She could outscore the Canes by herself because the Canes are not a good offensive team. What happened in that first half against Indiana was an anomaly. They don't score 40 points in a quarter and a half like that. That, that was just – they were hitting – like we mentioned Destiny Harden. She she's a twenty seven percent three point shooter was nailing threes left and right in the first half of that game and then but they were but also you, controlling inside right too. They, yeah yeah and that was the other person I wanted to touch they on. were getting Lola, two and three second shots so yeah yeah Lola Pendande um yeah got injured earlier this year was wearing a face mask most of the year never looked comfortable if you watched her play last year versus this year there was a noticeable difference what we got on Monday was last year's Lola Pendande she went in there right. got physical dominated. Again, Indiana Center was one of the best players in the country. Yeah. Big, oh, easily. Big, easily. big 10 defensive player what of the year. Uh, Berger, right? Berger? Berger's yeah. the guard. Oh, Berger's uh, the guard. Yeah. Uh, they had good size. I don't – and the, that girl didn't play in their first Yeah, no, they, they rested her so she'd be yeah. fresh to get to have Lola Pinande kick her ass is what they ended up doing. So, uh, yeah. Tap. What's up, Tap? Tap, tap is a uh, Drunk and watching the show. I love it. All right. Well, that's not some way you tap, can get you, through it. By the way, I'm sorry. <laughs> tap. Please, please do not forget to hit me up when you get back. It's very important that we talk. All right, go ahead. Bye-bye. All right, well, good, good thing you, you had that conversation out in the yeah. open. So now you can now you can point to it, though, when he forgets yeah. to and say, look, I said it on the show right there. Here's the link. I did. I um, did. So there Don't you go. Don't foul Haley Cavender. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. 
Don't let her get open at the end, man. She shot. That was a great thing. Yeah, but, but you know, it was because of Pendande that we stayed in the game because we made two baskets in the third quarter. <laughs> wow. And then halfway through the, the, the fourth quarter, the only basket we made in the fourth quarter was that Lachey Dwyer three-point play. It was all Pendande just leaning on them inside, getting the foul line, making her free throws that kept us in the game there. Right. And then, yeah, made some winning plays at the end. But this team is tough. You know, they could have easily quit, like you mentioned, 17 points. And by the way, the way that 17 points happened, um, a lot of that lead was at buzzers at the end of both quarters. They banked in a three. They banked in another jumper. Like, that's eight of the 17 points, which is fluky. So it's very easy to get down. Um, I'll tell you what, though, for, for a team that doesn't score much or doesn't score well, the last two games, they've done all right, right? Well, they've yeah. had they've had two really strong halves and two yeah. really yeah. weak halves. True, true. Like, like they had twenty, I think it was was it twenty points exactly at the half against uh Oklahoma against State. Oklahoma State, and then again, I think what they scored like twenty five in the in the in the uh, in the second half against uh, Indiana, something around there. So yeah. yeah, Indiana's depth started to take hold in that in the second half. Yeah, and right. and so I do Quality think. Depth. Yeah, and I think one of the things that the Canes kind of struggle with there, which, you know, their backup center, Kyla Odegaard, she's a freshman. She looked like she got – the bone might have gotten a little bit big for her. Um, and then the other big, Lazaria Spearman, first came back from – she got injured against Syracuse. I thought she was done for the year. Subbed her in for a few minutes. That is such a – you haven't played in like a month and a half, and then all of a sudden, like, yeah, go – Lola's in foul trouble. Get in there and go guard one of the best players in the country. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, you have it on the court. Like, a, so I mean, so hopefully, like she's got her sea legs. But the one thing the Canes do have, they just have a lot of people. You know, they have a lot of guards. They run in, in addition to Haley Cavender and Hannah Cavender, Arjevich, Jaleel Williams, Lachey Dwyer. They just have a lot of people that yeah, can run at yeah. you. And that's some talent. That's, and that's what they're going to have to do again here, and hopefully overwhelm Villanova. Villanova, like I said. Is, has one player that is going to be the best player on the court all at all times, and right. if they can limit her, they can. They have a shot there. Now I will say, after that, I, the other two teams in this region, LSU and Utah, are in. I don't know why LSU is a three seed. They lost two games all year. One was at South Carolina. Yeah, well, they're not was, South and, Carolina. And, and one was the ten. No, no, no. South Carolina's in a league of their own. Way LSU, in the league of their own. Yeah, but but LSU lost two games the entire year and got three seed. So yeah, like that, so the, the two and three seeds in the Canes bracket are really strong. So, but they got a puncher's chance against Villanova on on, on Friday. Yeah, so I think it's a good matchup for them. I think it's a good matchup for them. All things considered, obviously you're playing. Where are they playing? Where where are they? Greenville. Oh, um, yeah. still Greenville. Okay. Yeah, yeah, two thirty. Games at gotcha. so. Okay, all right. That's Friday, right? Yep, yep. Friday. So, so we got we got we got the women at two thirty. We got baseball starting up at six at Wake Forest, which is at a top and five. The men at seven fifteen. Yeah, seven fifteen. Yep. If you go up at seven forty five, going to miss some of that action. So seven fifteen. Yeah. So just yeah, starting at like two thirty on Friday, you just got it's gonna be crazy. <laughs> so the men. I mean, so so let's talk about the men because. Look, I mean, they've they've been really good all year long. Okay, uh, they have, they're they're they keep talking about how undersized they are, but they're so good. You know, they're so gritty. They can score with the best of them in the country. Right, they're one of the top scoring offenses in the country. Um, and and man, they just hustle like like no other team. Right, they're they're tough. It's a tough team to play against. Even even in down low, you've got Omir. You know, Norchad Omir covering guys that are six ten, six eleven. 
and he's just out rebounding these guys. It's it's impressive what he does down there. Yeah. Um, and, and they showed it again against a, a really good Indiana team. Okay, a really good, really, really good Indiana team. He has 16 rebounds in that game. So talk about second chance points, second chance opportunities for Miami to be able to control that game for the for a long portion of the game. Obviously, you know it. it, it you know, it, it got interesting a little bit at the end, and then they kind of pulled away again. So um, this is a team that this is not talking – we're not talking about a puncher's chance here with Miami, right? We're talking about a legit opportunity for them to get far. Now, they're going to run into a team in Houston that's the number one team, uh, number number one uh, seeded team. You know, I, I don't know. Are they the overall overall number one? I'm their overall number well. two. I think oh, overall overall two. Two. Wasn't Kansas the yeah. overall? No, it's Alabama. Oh, Alabama. Uh, that's right. Okay, yeah. so Alabama's still in a Houston. And so the, the, those two are the Houston looked two. terrible in the first half of their last game. Well, here's the thing. Here's why I like Miami. This Houston is another team that is – they're even smaller than Miami uh, almost, right? I mean, they, they, they feel the small team too. Now they – do the same things. They score really well. They've got some really Quick good guards. players. They've got Quick great guards. guard play, right? Pro- possibly the best guard play in the country yeah. um, as well. So you're talking about two teams that now match up really well. So Miami is is not going to necessarily have an advantage in getting out and get and you know quit going quick because Houston does the same thing. They kind of play the same style of ball. Yeah. However, this is a Miami team that can win at any time against anybody, right? They're that no good. Doubt. They're one of the top teams in the country. No doubt. On any given day, they're one of they're the top team in the you know one of the top teams in the country. So we're talking about you know Miami Houston matchup Friday night. Give us your take, guys, on what you think is going to happen with this game because I think this one's going to be exciting as hell. And I don't think there's going to be any you know I, I don't think there's going to be this you know twelve point fifteen point lead and someone's going to come back. I think they're going to go for both blow, blow for blow in this game. Yeah, yeah. Well. In my my estimation, it's going to be all about Isaiah Wong. Which which one if he if he comes like he played last game, you know that's because they need him. I mean, you know, he, I mean, I just think that he's such a scoring threat that he opens the game up for everybody else. You know, and then if he's not on, then they could kind of like let him do his thing and then double team some of the other guys. So I think he's really a key to this. Yeah, I DJ. I don't know if you have any thoughts on 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 this. I'm just excited to see this game because I feel like it's going to be one that's physical, and I feel like it's going to be one in which, like you guys just said earlier, rebounding is going to be a key part of this game. Um, you know, I feel like Houston is a team that, although they start off slow, they're the type of team where you don't want to allow second chance points. Um, I think you know Miami's going to have to be ready no matter what, and I don't think it's the type of game where they can kind of put it on autopilot in certain stretches. They need to be full force, ready to go at all times. I mean, this is a Houston team that's ranked highly for a reason, and they're going to have to bring their A game. Both teams are going to have to bring their A game on Friday. This Blue mentioned Isaiah Wong, right? Obviously, he's, you know, ACC player of the year. Uh, he, he's been on a little bit of a drought, and then he kind of, kind of put it on uh, – uh, this this past game, right? He he kind of showed out a little bit, played a little bit better, uh, got his points, was was able to, to to score the bucket in transition, was able to get to the bucket, shoot, hit some threes as well. So you're starting to see him kind of, you know, heat up again. Now for me, it's it's 
yes, it's important for for Wong to play well. But again, DJ mentioned it as well. For me, it's 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 a, it's a Jordan Miller and Norchad Omir combination. What they can do down low, guarding some of the bigger guys. Although, look, you got Jordan 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 Miller, six foot seven. Omir, six foot seven, on a good day as well. Uh, they're guarding guys that are six seven and six eight. So as far as size discrepancy, I don't think you're going to see much there. I think where you're going to see a little bit of an advantage if he's healthy is Wuga Poplar at that at that small forward position or third guard, however you want to call it, uh, and him being able to get his points because when he gets hot, I think the Kings are hard, are hard to beat if Wuga Poplar is hot because that guy, I think he might be the most athletic guy on this team. He is he is incredible, um, and so for me, it, it's about the supporting cast. For Isaiah Wong, can they put together a complete game? Uh, stay out of foul trouble for guys like Omir. That's going to be the deciding factor. If they can put together a complete game, I, I like Miami to win this game against Houston. Yeah, and I think I think the big thing because this hasn't happened yet in the tournament is both Nigel Pack and Isaiah Wong need to play well together. Yeah, um, yeah. Nigel Pack won the Drake game. Like, he was awesome in that game, and him and Wooger are the only ones that really showed up. Um, and then, you know, he missed some shots against India that he normally makes, but Isaiah Wong scored 27 points. It didn't matter. You're not going to get away with that against Houston. Their defense is really good. You got to make your – when you get open, you got to make those shots. Um, and the reason I called out those two is not just because they're the best scorers on the team, but that's kind of what they do. Like, Wooger, when he scores, that's awesome. It's a plus. He's already defending, taking the best guy on the other team. You know, he's rebounding. He's stuffing the statue. Same thing with Miller and Omir. They add all this other stuff. Like, they fill up their stat line. They've got blocks and steals and rebounds. Wong and Pack, you go straight to the points. They need the points. Right. Because they're also not good defenders. So, like, even if Jordan Miller's not playing well, he's defending someone. Right. And, yeah. he's, and he's doing doing stuff on the other end. Same thing with he's 6'7", so yeah. It, yeah. which helps. Yeah, so so those three other three starters are contributing across the board. Pack and and, and Wong are their score points, yep. and so they need to do that. And if they both if they both shoot the ball well, I think the Canes will be fine. Um, cool. That and the other thing you called out, Omir has got to stay out of foul trouble because yeah, it, the drop He's the off, only dude. <laughs> well, not only is he the only dude, it's just like it's, it, it's Anthony Walker, right? Really, right? It, well, or I mean, AJ Casey. Or they AJ went Casey. to AJ Casey. That didn't work well. Walker definitely played better. He is he is the most frustrating player. Anthony Walker. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. Did I mention Wuga is the most athletic? Anthony Walker probably is the most athletic. Yeah, and if he would just stand in the paint and use his athleticism, he'd be a good Ooh. player. But he, he's yeah. intent on shooting threes and shooting jumpers, and he he loses his man defensively quite a few times. It's just he's a frustrating player. Um, but I think at this point, you know, Coach L went to AJ Casey first against yeah. Indiana. It was not good. No. Um, it's going to have to be Anthony But Walker came in and did some good things. He did some good things. The other thing we did, which kind of turned the – well, not really turned the game around because we were in control, but that kind of stemmed the flow when, when Omir went out and they started making a move was Jordan Miller, man. He's just like, I'll take the big guy. Switched him on. <laughs> he took the big guy, even though he was much more undersized than Casey or uh, Walker. He, he took one of the best players in the country. And, and, look, the guy still got his because he's one of the best players in the country. But he made him work for it. He was disruptive, and that that kind of stemmed the tide, and and got him through that period where Omir was in foul trouble. But you know, we gotta get something out of the, <laughs> out of the non the, the the third wheel there in the front court. Either Casey or, or more likely Walker needs when they're on the court. 
we just got to keep it even. Look, for me, look, and I know I already said what I think is going to have to happen in the supporting cast, but this is a game where Miami is going to have to be successful with all nine guys that they play, right? Harlan Beverly, uh, Bensley Joseph, when they come in, they've got to have meaningful minutes. They've got to have productive minutes. Uh, so Bensley's, you know, Joseph's a little bit better defensively than some of the, than Pack and Wong. Uh, Beverly as well. Uh, Beverly, you know, if he, if he can – you know, at least make a couple of those threes like he's has in the past, right? He's, you know, for the perimeter, he's a guy that can shoot a little bit. Bensley's kind of an in and out guy, so he can do a little bit of both. He can get in, he can score, uh, drive into the lane, uh, he can get some 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 buckets that way. But he can also shoot the three pointer a little bit also. So, uh, if those guys can contribute along with, you know, give give Omir a chance to take a couple of breathers with Casey or Walker, whoever it is that that Coach L is going to go to there. And they can – I'm not – they don't need to go in and grab five rebounds, block three shots, and score ten points. No, but I, I think that they need to, again, you know, keep them in check, whoever it is that they're going to be guarding. Um, yeah, it's the whole – This it's is a, a tough team, man. It's yeah, it's, it's the whole thing. It's where the whole team no, for them. Yeah, it's, it's, the thing is when those guys are on the court, it's exactly what you said. It's If we're sitting there saying, man, Walker or Casey, whichever, is killing us out here. Yeah. That we got because that that's what happens. You never really see that with the other guys. You can be like, "Damn, Wong cannot make a shot today," or whatever it is. But that's not the level of implosion we sometimes get with Walker or Case on the court, where they completely look lost. They're in the wrong right. place on defense. They're turning it over. They're missing layups. Like we've seen all that. You can't have that because right. you mentioned Joseph. He's a good defender. He'll get us into our even if he's not shooting. Well, he'll get us into our offense. Beverly is he's solid, right? He's not going to kill us. He's right. not going to do anything spectacular, but you can have him out on the court. He's fine. If he's open, he'll make a shot. He'll defend well. If the lane's open, he'll drive and make it you know, finish and he'll distribute. He's he's good. Walker, you get this. <laughs> <sighs> and we, yeah. we can't have the bottom part of that. Right? That that's the thing. Like, cause he I mean, that Drake game, he screwed up three plays in a row and they went on an 8-0 run. Like it was all him. He left his guy open up for three twice. He shot a three himself for some reason. He still only made two the entire season, but he keeps jacking them up. <laughs> and and like that's the type of stuff. It's like no, it's just play within the offense. Like you say, so athletic. Attack the glass. Be opportunistic. He can score ten points and grab six boards if he just does that. Instead, he's he like, actually could do that really easily. Yeah, because it just 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 get around the basket. Attack the glass. You know, fill the lane when when they're focused on the guards and catch and finish. That's it. Instead, he wants to stand at the three-point line and shoot. It's so frustrating. It's like you don't need to do that. <sighs> anyway. 7.15 p.m. Yes. It's going to be a long wait. It's going to be fun, though, so make sure you guys tune in for that one. Uh, it's on CBS, too. So Yes, it is the big uh, one. We got the we got the A-team, Jim Nance and everything. It's, it's all happening. Fun. I, fun. I will say before we wrap this and start talking about football, you talked about how good this team is. Um, obviously, they got a step further last year. When I went to that game in Chicago, I knew we were going to lose. I was like, we've never gotten this far before. Against Kansas? Yeah, yeah. and and I, I flew to that game. I was I was traveling, and I changed my flight to go back through Chicago and watch us get killed. And I, I even though we were, if you recall, we were up at halftime, and then they just yeah. flipped the switch on us. But I never for a second going to that arena or whatever thought we were going to win. But I was like, we've never been this far, and I want to see it. Because we might – I'm. 
in in my early 40s. I've never seen it before. I might never see it again. Like I might be dead with the excitement the kids get this far. Uh, this time I'm I going. I don't know. I, they're going to well, recruit well, well, pretty well, good. Well, well, that, 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 pretty that, good. Again, that was my thing at the time. I knew that team last year was not one of the eight best teams in the country. Yeah. You know, they got some good matchups. Like they got to the Sweet 16 and played a lower seed because they were the 10. They played an 11 seed. Like it all opened up for them. This year, right. I, I'm going there expecting to win. Like, I think this team is actually – so, like, this is not the same thing as last year where I was like, man, that bracket opened up nicely and we took advantage and then we ran into, like, a real team that killed us. Like, we are the real team this year. And and so I think this is a big difference – from last year like this team can they can go all the way right right no doubt and coach no, he doesn't that, tap no he I, doesn't. I don't have instagram or, or or only fans depending on what your flavor is so uh, <laughs> uh, i listened to coach l the other night and they were asking him about recruiting and he says this is he says you can know this is gonna help i mean you know because everybody now is just like back in the day with football when you a lot of visibility uh miami has fun so you could tell. And Coach L doesn't get too high or low. That's the best thing in the world. Yep. I mean, you know, if, if they win, great. If they lose, you know, hey, you know, we, we busted our tail. But that's the guy you want to play for. You don't want some schizo, you know, that's just going to go nuts on you. I mean, uh, uh, Coach L being, you know, being in his 70s, I mean, has advantages because he's been there, done that. And if you ever notice in his interviews, he's always going, this is great for the kids. This is, you know, I mean – and you don't see that with a lot of the coaches, the younger coaches, they won't say, they'll say it's great for us. And, you know, but he says, you know what, I'm so happy for the kids. And that's, you can't, you can't beat somebody like that. The dude's just a class guy. And uh, yeah. And and, and blue, you touched on this, the atmosphere he creates, like there's been a lot of like talk about Miami and NIL, even though it's really only Nigel pack, but um, yeah, it's Nigel pack and the Cavender twins. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but but actually that's a good example as well. You know, the reason it works here is because of the coaches. Like Nigel Pack sacrifices game. He's not a ball handler. He was a catch and shoot guy, Kansas today. He changed his entire yeah. game to fit yep. the team. 100%. Like like the people that are targeted are guys guys that are gonna buy in, or in the Cavender twins case, girls that are gonna buy in. Like that's what Destiny Harden said. They asked her, like, what were you thinking when you know she's the leader on this team? Yeah, and they bring in a couple of celebrities. She's like, "I didn't like it until the first pickup game, and I saw how hard they played." I'm like, "Oh, yeah. these are these are these are ball players. These are not celebrities. They're like serious ball players." No and, doubt. No and doubt. Katie Meyer would not have brought them in. Never. Um, without uh, with without having that, so that's why the NIL has worked here. It's that they're targeting the players that'll fit into the team culture, and they're able to integrate them seamlessly. Because yeah, um, there's a lot a of point. there's a lot of players, especially on the women's team, that you know Carla Irv. It started and played most of the games last year. She's getting five or ten minutes off the bench now. Yeah, the Abner twins are there. Like she had to accept that role. Jalea right. Williams, right. Lachey Dwyer get a lot less playing time than they did last year. And you, you and make they, a good point, Vic. They, but mean. they all fit because that, that's why you bring the and and again you bring in players that work hard. Everyone respects that. Nigel Pack, the Cavender twins work their butts off. Yeah. So, so yeah. the NIL becomes a sideshow. Who cares? Yeah. Look how hard this person's working. They're earning it, right? And that's right. And so, well, the, and so, if you just wave the check around, you'll attract, you know, you'll attract flies. Yeah. <laughs> but are they well, going to actually put the work in after that? And that's the the players that were targeted fit the team contract. It's from the coaches. It's all coming from yeah. the coaches. Well, ever since they got here in June and July of last summer, they have. 
like Katie Meyer says, first to be there, last to leave. And you said, you know, you can't ask more for that. They're team players. Everybody loves them. They get, you know, they get along with everybody. And that's the whole thing. They try to include all the their teammates and, you know, in their, uh, you know, on TikTok with them. And they all like them because, I mean, they see they're not prima donnas. I mean, they're not somebody, oh, well, you know, they got 5 million followers. Now it's up to six. But, oh, oh they got 6 million followers and they're going to rest on that. No, they bust their tail. And, you know, I watch from time to time their thing on TikTok and they're up at 520 in the morning. They're at school by seven. And, you know, and uh, listen, they're taking this thing serious. And their father was so excited the other night when they won. He hugged them in the stands. And remember, his dad used to play at Nova Southeastern uh, back in the day basketball. And so he knows the grind and it's um, couldn't be happy for the team. Katie Meyer has been here a long time and. Uh, she, she's, she's always great. been, you know, great. one of those really, really good motivators. And she's another one. You watch her in the post-game interviews and can't say enough about our kids. Can't say enough about our kids. And I like that. Yeah, no, she's obviously – I'm a fan of hers. I think everyone knows that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think she, this was not the the most obvious time for her to finally break through and make the Sweet 16. There were better opportunities that kind of, like you said, didn't capitalize on. But – I think if you keep doing things the right way and keep putting the team position, eventually you'll upset the number one team. Like it'll happen. Yeah. Cause I mean, unfortunately for her, if you, if you look at women's basketball has changed a lot in the last five years, the Canes had some great teams 10 years ago and 15 years ago when she was the coach where you didn't get the home court just for being the higher seed. Like I remember one year they went to Spokane as the three yeah. seed and had to play Gonzaga and they lost a close game on the road in the round of 32. It's like, this is crap. Yeah, well, it could have been better the other night when they played in front of fourteen thousand. Yeah, but 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 the difference <laughs> the difference there is they were the higher seed, but back then they didn't care. They're who's going to sell the tickets? Women's game has grown enough where if you're a top four seed, you host. They several times were top four seeds that went on the road, and and some of their better teams, you know, couldn't win that road game in the tournament. So you know, it's just it never it never lined up, and then on Monday it all it all came up. Make sure you guys tune in on Friday for both games. That'll be fun. By um, the way, if you want more hoops coverage, there's like two other shows that are on the channel that I did this week. So yeah, yeah just stay tuned for that. There, there, there's stuff already on the channel. There'll be more. I'll, I'll, I'll do something from a uh, from uh, Kansas City too after the game. I got I got I got Matt lined up for Saturday if we win. So uh, cool. So we'll have something to preview. Hopefully the regional final there. All right, football. Blue. Blue. Pick skin. Pick skin. Hey, hey, before we transition, want to do some prize picking? Sure. Prize <laughs> picks. Let's give them a shout out. It's our sponsor. Why the heck not, right? Make sure you guys go to pricepicks.com. Uh, sign up. Code word 5, F-I-V-E. They'll match your deposit up to $100. It's pretty simple. You pick anywhere between two to five players, choose the over, under, under individual categories, and go win some money, baby. Uh, you can choose from different teams, different leagues, different um, everything, different positions. You can mix and match as much as you want there from uh, the NFL to NHL, Major League Baseball, even Formula One, and so on. So you've got so many options. College football, of course, is on there as well. So make sure you check them out. Go to prizepicks.com, type in the word five when you log in, when you sign up, and they will match your initial deposit up to $100. Check them out. It's prizepicks.com. Blue, I'm going to start off with you, man. We've got spring football is back in, in full effect. This started practice yesterday. They're going to have another practice tomorrow. Uh, there's some battles going on. Big shout out to Gus. Yes, what's going on? Tap 
who's a super drunk. He just sent me some really funny photos of him over in Breckenridge. But um, uh, listen, we've got some battles going on in some some positions. And, and quite frankly, I think that this team is going to be an interesting one to watch down the line, especially at the offensive line position. You've got France, Francis has finally made his way to the first team at right tackle. We all knew that was coming eventually. But um, it also tells me that these guys are battling it out, right? Because you still got guys behind them um, that are fighting for a position. You've got guys that's at the center position, like Ryan Rodriguez, who's finally healthy. Uh, Jonathan Dennis, who's who's battling for that second spot behind Matt Lee. Because, look, the bottom line is injuries happen. So if something happens, God forbid, you got to have those guys ready. Uh, I think I'm, I'm excited to hear what's going on with the battle there. Uh, Samson Okunlola is doing some good things as a as a, the second guy behind. Um, I think it's what uh, or the second or third guy, right? Because Jalen Rivers is now playing left guard. Uh, excuse me, left tackle, which tackle, I think yeah. is, is the right position for him. Uh, and then you've got the interior with Javion Cohen um, and uh, who's the uh, who's the right guard now? Jeez, um, why am I drawing a blank? Um, who's the right? It's Jalen Rivers. It's Javion Cohen. Matt Lee. Uh, who's the right guard? Why am I drawing a blank? Because it's Malgora. Uh, Cooper? Was he? Uh, uh, yeah, Cooper. Anes Cooper. There you go. Anes Cooper. Jeez, how can I draw a blank? That's the biggest monster on that line. Anes Cooper at right guard, and then you've got, um, and you've got Malgoa over on the right side at, at right tackle. Yeah, Matthew Lee. Matthew Lee has been playing center. Right? Matt Lee. Yeah, Matt Lee is the center. Right, right, right. So, uh, Blue, what do you uh, look? There's there's battles at linebacker as well. You've got Francisco Malgoa. Uh, mm-hmm. battling it out with Wesley Bassaint, Corey Flagg, Keontre Smith. Uh, those are probably your top four right now. Chase Smith is in the mix uh, as soon as he gets healthy. I know he's still rehabbing. But you've got a battle at linebacker, and I think that's going to be the biggest one to watch, aside from another one that we'll mention after. What do you – I mean, what do you want to see as far as, as that battle there at the linebacker position? Who do you think ends up edging him out? Would you – okay, let's put it this way. Would you be concerned, right? They brought in Malgoa. They've got Wesley there, right? They've got Wes. You brought in these guys, uh, Popo, uh, and you brought in uh, Bobby Washington as well, uh, who, by the way, a lot of people just don't understand how big he is. He's 60. Yeah. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Marcellius Pulliam is coming in. in the and Matt Malik Bryant. Malik and, uh... Bryant. Um, the linebacker core looks like it's going to be a solid one. I know they're young, but it looks like it could develop into a solid one. Would you be surprised if you saw anybody else as a starting linebackers for spring for the spring game if it wasn't Wes and Francisco Malgoa? Uh, no, I think I would say your first probably your first four guys on that on the linebacking core would be Francisco Malgoa, um, Wesley, Keontra Smith. Uh, Corey Flag, I think those would be your first four in, and then you go from there. And uh, I think that's the best we've had since Quarterman and uh, Pinckney. Yeah. Uh, as far as playmaking ability, I know that uh, you know I'm on the Corey Flag train. So uh, even if he gets in there and and you know is a, a second teamer, he's gonna still get a lot of. Uh, snaps. That's one hell of a second teamer, if you ask me. Yeah, a productive. You know what? Okay, he's not gonna be an NFL guy, but he's a productive college player, and that's. I fight with these people all the time on all the other, 
you know, shows and they always, oh, you love that guy. Yeah, but look at the last two years. He's a leading tackler on your football team. I don't care if they're terrible or not. Yeah. He's been doing, he's been productive. And, and unfortunately right now, that's what you need on this team is productivity. Um, we'll get back, we'll get back into, into the position battles, but uh, DJ, I kind of wanted to get your take on this um, regarding, look, after spring football, there's going to be a lot of movement in the transfer portal again, right? You get that second wave in, in May of, of transfer portal guys that are coming in. Uh, you're going to have guys that are going to come in and that are going to leave potentially, right? You're still going to have possibly a few guys that will leave this team as well. Uh, where do you expect Miami to, you know, what what positions do you think Miami will address um, at the transfer portal? Who, who do you think that they can, you know, who, who would you imagine that them that they would go after as far as position-wise? That's a tough one um, because with this particular group of players coming in, even though they're young, they do add depth. So I could see maybe, trying to think, maybe tight end only because there's a lot of unknowns at the position. There is depth there, don't get me wrong. But if there is an experienced tight end um, who has shown you know, that he can perform at a high level, I would almost look at bringing another tight end in. Yes, I know there's young guys, but... You know, you want them, you want to put that position in a position to develop. You don't want to rush things. And I understand they're very good players and some of them can play right away. But, you know, I've I've talked about this before. With good programs, you want to make sure that your position is set up for success year after year after year. And that you feel comfortable rotating players in and out um, at certain points in the game if need be. So I would say maybe tight end just until the younger guys get up to speed. Yeah. Uh, Vish, are you comfortable with uh, the running back room right now? Because I I think that they might want to add another guy, a veteran guy, kind of like what Lucius Stanley was here, right, last year. Uh, You know, he he came in, he was productive in in his role. I think that, you know, there's some other positions that Miami is going to look to address also. Uh, Tight end, tight end is a tricky one to me. I kind of lean with you, DJ, because – we lost Khalil Brantley also right. recently, right? Um, yeah. Arroyo is still coming back from an injury, so Cam McCormick, McCormick. Cam McCormick, I love. I think he's solid. I think he's going to be Khalil Skinner. Uh, got, really, we haven't Skinner, really. Seen the but then they got Jackson Carver, who's still young. Yeah, yeah. There's just a lot of unknowns. There's just a lot of unknowns. Yeah, That's I, my I, thing. I agree. I agree. I don't know. If, I, I feel like maybe they might go after just for depth purposes. Yeah. But, uh, Vish, going back to, to the right, running back position, right? I think the running back position um, is is key, and I think also the, the still I don't think they're done at the offensive line either. Yeah, for for running backs, I think it's actually a parallel of tight ends, which is I mean, how much are we going to be using? How many running backs are we going to use? How many tight ends are? This is not going to be. Yeah, this ain't that system. This is yeah. This is right. this. So if if we're not going to have a lot of carries to spread around, I think we're probably okay at running back because. You know, addition to Parrish, knock on wood if Cheney's healthy, and then you still have, yeah, Citizen. Citizen coming back, and then um, you know the freshman coming in as well. Like, there's where are the carries coming from. If you get enough, if you if you go to the portal and grab a veteran, he's gonna get the rock. You don't do that to sit on the bench. So if it's someone like Lucia Stanley, which is you know I think a preferred walk on or whatever you end up being, that's different. If you're like right. this guy's solid, he's willing to you know come to Miami to not take a scholarship and just add to the room, understanding he might not play. 
Because I don't think Lucius. I think that's that. what they would go after. Yeah, yeah, that 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 makes sense. That makes us, you know, safe pair of hands if we if need. If four guys get hurt. Yeah, yeah, hit. exactly. <laughs> like, like at this point, there should be a contingency if Cheney gets hurt. Let's just be real, there, right? Yeah, exactly. Citizen was the first time Cheney. Like, if he gets injured, no one's gonna be like, I can't believe that guy got hurt. So, <laughs> so yeah. So if it's someone like that, yeah, that would make a lot of sense. I don't think getting someone that's like gonna need carries like to come established, in. right, right. Yeah, because yeah, I don't think I don't think Stanley ever expected to play as much as he did. So. No. Um, so, you know, someone else is like, yeah, I want to be around the program. I'll work hard in practice. And, you know, if I get carries, I get carries. If not, I'm still going to work hard in practice and, you know, be the best practice squad player I can be or whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. Get a veteran like that. Sure. I think that makes sense. But I don't know about getting another. I mean, we're not going to get someone better than than Parrish and Cheney anyway. Right. So right. not at this stage. It's more for depth purposes. Yeah. That, so so that, something yeah. like that makes sense. I think the same thing goes for tight end. If you just need bodies there that, okay, maybe. Because especially Skinner's kind of we got Mamorelli as well, right? Mamorelli's a yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I think I think a tight end. Similarly, if you can get someone that's maybe one of the bigger, more blocking guys, that might supplement what's in the room right now. Because these freshmen, I mean, some of them look look jacked to be honest. Yeah, but they're, okay. but, they're but they're freshmen, so are they going to really stamp the physicality of you know playing twelve games if we're going to need them to do a lot of blocking? Right. right, Elijah Arroyo, like he says, coming back off injury. Jalil Skinner's definitely an undersized tight end. He, we might he actually might end up flanking out as a receiver more times than not in this system. So, you know, I think there is room for maybe a blocking tight end there. Again, a yeah. guy that, that's willing to come in here, do the dirty work, understand you might not catch a pass this year. We might not throw the ball to you, right? You're gonna come in there and hit someone. That's gonna be no. your role. And if yeah, if you can find someone like that, sure, I think it makes sense as well. And and the guys that you mentioned, Novish too. Arroyo doesn't really have that much experience. He was out. He was hurt. Um, you know, obviously, even Cam McCormick has been around 200 years, but he doesn't have that much, uh, you know, uh, He's experience. He's been hurt a lot of those years. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, you don't have Well, that's how you stick around that long. You keep yeah, getting your medical for Richards. For real. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I'm just saying that you, you don't have – you have some really good looking guys, but they don't have any game playing experience. I mean, as much as you would need, I think receiver, especially in this offense. Yeah. I think they go grab another receiver. Yeah. They got to get I think a, a receiver. I, I think like you exactly a marquee guy, a guy that's going to line up outside and just outrun everybody. Just take like a Gary Bryant, right? Gary Bryant jr. Yeah. That kind yeah, of guy. Yeah, yeah, they don't need any more speed. I don't think they need any, Speedy inside. You don't you need know, slot guys. You don't you got, need slot. You got Ray Ray Joseph, and you got X, and you got some of these other guys that can come. You got Brashard Smith. You got Brashard Smith. To me, fine there. I'm not. I mean, listen. I know they're good, good guys, and they're they're potentially good, but Jacoby George and Frank Ladson and Colby Young. I don't know Isaiah Horton, Michael Redding. Here's I mean, the thing: this system, this system blue is gonna. I, I, it's made for players to to kind of shine, right? To to come out. So I think you're gonna see those guys. Obviously, you gotta catch the ball, Jazz. Yeah. Well, I, I, hey, I think I think Kobe Young can catch the ball pretty well. I think yeah. Jacoby George is good too when he's not, you know, when he's not hurt and when he's not doing something dumb. So um, well, they I, need I, to get I, him off the returns. Time. That's for damn sure. Yeah, I think you're probably going to see a guy like Ray Ray back there. Or maybe Chris Johnson. Or Chris Johnson. Oh, that would be nice. Yeah. yeah. I think I think you make a good point, Blue. I think the wide receiver position is a position that they that they try to adjust yeah. a little bit more. To they get need the like dude. They, you know, they, they got a bunch dude, of guys, yeah. but they need that guy. I yeah, think. The, the guy that's just going to take the top. And there's guys out there like Gary Bryant, like I mentioned oh, earlier. Yeah. Um, and I think 
Oh, go ahead, Jess. No, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. DJ. And I think when you look at the tight end position, it's not just going to be a big lumbering tight end anymore. Guys like Carver and things like that, they move like wide receivers. I'm not saying they're going to be as fast or, you know, as shifty or as quick or whatever, but they can, you know, make things happen after the catch. So I don't think they're necessarily going to be just the big lumbering targets in the red zone. I do envision, you know, the tight end position playing some sort of a bigger role than, you know, just have it being left as a blocking position and the wide receivers only. Here's another thing I want to mention, right? They have picked up, and I know this sounds funny and comical when you first think about it, but I think that they are going after a different type of preferred walk-on because a couple of guys that they've gotten recently uh, have been some, you know, some really, really good potential talent as as preferred walk-ons. Blue, you can probably talk to me a little bit more about the uh, uh, the what is it the Pruna Pruna twins uh, the Pruna brothers. Uh, oh yeah, from Idaho. Yeah, I, Luna, I had brothers. an opportunity. Yeah, I had an opportunity to watch a plenty How of good are those them. Guys? And my my, uh, uh, I mean, obviously their schedule wasn't you know, over the top, but you know, Idaho has Bishop Kelly and Bora high school out of Boise and those schools that produce kids and they send them into the PAC 12 all the time. Uh, yeah. They're really good looking kids. I mean, they're good size. I mean, you could tell that they run, they're athletic. They can play multiple positions. Uh, yeah. They're going to come in and they're, you know, I think they're going to rattle some chains, you know I mean? Because of the fact that they've, they've got a high confidence level. I talked to somebody the other day, in fact, that, you know, has watched them, a couple of times he's he's a a, a recruiting uh, guy out of uh, the state of washington had an opportunity uh to watch them and uh yeah i i think those are the type of guys that you you know you you really get surprised by and uh and you could see see miami wouldn't even bring them in if they didn't think that they could you know that they could make a contribution i think they can i mean they're uh, you know, I mean, and the whole thing is, is, I mean, isn't it ironic that they're coming 2,500 miles, 2,600 miles when they got all those really decent programs like Washington and Washington State and Oregon, you know, within a couple of hours of where they live? Yeah, I, I think they're 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 going to be some dudes that are going to come in here and want to prove something. You have to get used to the weather first. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, that's that takes a. A whole lot of adjusting. That's what what Cam said the other day. I saw him in an interview, and uh, he said, "What's been the toughest part?" He goes, "The humidity." <laughs> he said, "But you'll get used to it. You'll get used to it." And uh, you know, so Idaho yeah. is you know sneaky good for high school talent too. They have one of the uh, top prospects in the 2024 class, a wide receiver, Gatlin Bear. So yeah. Idaho is not exactly a hotbed for talent, so to speak, but there are some good players in that state and it's right. And, and it's an, and it's an under-recruited state that maybe Miami should take a look at in the future. I don't know if anybody wants to go that far to Idaho, but there are yeah. prospects out there worth looking at. I think oh, we're probably they, okay. They, they yeah. got the Luna brothers. <laughs> out, the outside Luna brothers. of Boise, I don't think that you want to go, I mean, you know, yeah, to Snake River yeah. High School or anything. No. <laughs> but but I, there are they a got, few They got the Luna brothers, and, the, and those two are especially yeah. blue. They could probably play at a at a, at a a you know a Pac-12 school. and Easily. And they, they Easily, yeah. They're good size kids. Here, and, so. uh, and also the kid Steepleton that they got from Cardinal yes, Gibbons. That's another wide who, uh, receiver. He's really an athletic kid. I mean, this is a kid that played quarterback for three years, and then they switched him to receiver. He's a tough kid. He's got some speed, great hands. He's a mentally a tough kid. And, um, you know, I watch him catch balls all the time. I don't think I saw him drop any balls. And that's, 
that's that's the winner winner chicken dinner for Miami. And I got a bunch of good looking kids, but how many how many kids are going to hold on to the ball? And that's that's the key. I, I think that in this offense, uh, things are going to come be coming quick, and uh, you got to be able to you know handle it or step aside. And 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 yeah, I think that's why Mario brought somebody like Dawson in here because this guy will. He'll either you either you keep up or you're you know you're you're on the bench and uh, you know and, and who's to criticize anybody the way Miami's offense was last year was horrible and uh, you know so anybody that comes in here baseball team scored more points than them scored more runs uh, this past weekend in one game than they than they averaged the whole year so yeah. I know, I had to do it. I and the defense it. giving up like uh, all those, you know, 40 points four, seven times. Is... This was that painful to you, man? Man, the. <laughs> I, 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 the... I mean, I'm trying, you know, when when, when when the family is fighting, I'm like, are you criticizing football or complimenting? I, right? I mean, they, they, they did put up three touchdowns last weekend against Virginia they Tech. So, they did, you know. Which is yeah. more than the football team did against. So it's just, ugh. I know, it's, it's hard, I know. We're, we're you so know. high right now, man, with basketball and baseball that you got to bring up last year's offense. It's just like, you know, it's the, it's the price is right loser sound that in my head. <laughs> Kind of slap some reality. Yeah, in there. Yeah, everything is going so well. It's like, well, but actually the football. No. Still. no right. Lou, before we go, any any names that we should keep an eye out for on, uh, on Miami's front as far as who they're looking at? I know David Stone is coming in for a visit. Yes. Uh, that's big, a big, that's that's a big a get, big, too. Big time. Huge. Uh, he's our number. Um, I think he could be the number one player in Florida this year. Yeah, he might be. And he might be the number one player on our, on our list, too, because considering our defensive tackle position, um, is is not very deep right now, so I think that that's another one in the transfer portal that they're probably going to go after. Someone in the transfer portal from defense. He and Mao go are pretty close. <clears throat> yeah, so that that's big, right? He's an IMG guy. Uh, yeah. They've got the that other um, linebacker, uh, Samoan kid. I can't remember his yes. name. Yeah, uh, yeah, good Issa, one. Isa, Ila, something, whatever. Uh, yeah. yeah, that kid's a stud too. So he might be down here on a visit and some other guys. Are there any names that maybe uh, down here locally that we should watch out for with Miami? <sighs> Recruiting's kind of slow right now. Well, it's slow in the sense that no, not not a lot of commits, but I'm sure there's a lot going yeah, on. Yeah, well, they'll end up with Josiah Trader, I think. You know, oh, yeah. I mean, maybe not Jeremiah Smith, but, you know, you can't, you know. J- I think Jeremiah was scared off on the fact that, you know, just the way Miami played last year. And I think know, there's but, still a shot if, if he's. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a, go. Man, yeah. I, I, I'm scared off by the way Miami played last year. So I can't <laughs> blame you. I don't blame him. And you're yeah. back. So. Which <laughs> <laughs> is not going anywhere, yeah, ever, yeah, yeah, ever, no, ever. I mean, I, I've, I've gone this far. You can't turn around now. Uh, yeah, does anybody yeah. go to ball, to Albany to support that team? God bless you. You're, I mean, I had to do it. I mean, we've been, I had a lot of bad basketball teams. Albany's not terrible, though. I mean, it's like a, it's like Florida but, State. It's like Tallahassee. By, 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 by day three, I was I got to get out of this place. Right. Right. <laughs> Which is not, just like Tallahassee, right? Yeah, it is exactly. like Tallahassee. Yeah, yeah I, I was there too long. This Kansas City uh, might be like one day and then back if we lose. So, uh, but well, you uh, missed the well, big snow by a couple of days. Yeah, so. no, I did. It was still on the ground, but they cleaned it up. So. Uh, I'll be in Kansas City. I remember at uh, end of July. So, oh, that ain't gonna help yeah. you this weekend. It's <laughs> not gonna help. But um, I uh, guess v- look, Vish is a lucky guy going to Kansas City. Great barbecue, man. You know, I'm like, I'm so I'm I'm landing. 
Thursday, I'm leaving tomorrow night, like late, like the flight leaves here at like eight. Um, I'm landing there. I'm working from there all day Friday, going to this game. If we lose, I'm getting the hell out of there on the first flight on Saturday. So I might not have barbecue or anything. Damn. You got to have some, man. You gotta I mean, I got barbecue like, everywhere. You got them in the airport. Well, you well, got well, Bryant's in the so, airport. So, so if we win, I got Saturday to like explore Kansas City. I'll do yeah. if we lose. I'm not. I'm not going to be in the mood for. I'm going to be in the mood to get the it, hell man. out of there as soon as possible. Like I, right, my whole they play, mood. They play on Sunday again, right? They yeah. If they win, they play on Sunday again. In which case, I'll fly back Monday. So, right. uh, so that's what my plane ticket right now is actually during the show on Monday. So we have to look at that if they win. Right. But um, um, well, let's they, hope you don't. You don't. Yeah, 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 yeah. But if let's they hope lose, you miss, you miss the month. Yeah, of show. yeah. But if they lose, then I'm not. There's no. I'm staying. <laughs> Getting out, man. They still haven't. At least for me, I don't know if this is all airlines, but like they have not changed the whole like, you know, after during COVID, they let you change flights without charging a fee. Right. I'm still able to do this. Don't so jinx it, don't jinx it. Don't jinx it. No, it's fine. I, yeah. I I did it last week at a 5:15 a.m. flight on Monday because uh, they don't give you the game times. Right. And I was like, look, the first games are at noon. As long as it's not like the nine o'clock game. <laughs> And of yeah, course, right. 8.40 p.m. I'm like, well, forget this. Oh, man. Now, think right. about this. Kansas City's like New York City compared to Albany. So at least you get yeah. maybe more flights. <laughs> yeah, no. Actually, there's a lot of flights from Albany to D.C. because I think because they're capitals. Yeah. I think a yeah, lot of the, yeah, the New York State smart. people lobby in, in. That's why there was a 5 a.m. flight because they fly in. Go do whatever. I don't, I'm not going to speculate on what they're doing on Capitol Hill and then fly home that night and. Yeah, so there, there's like late night flights and early morning flights to Albany. Nice, nice. All right, fellas, make sure you check us out every mon- Monday night, typically. Right, I know we're on on Wednesday right now, but follow us uh, on on Twitter as well at Six Rings Canes and uh, check us all out. Uh, Blue's got his show on five sixty WQAM, so make sure you check that out. Um, especially when I'm on or something like that. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, yeah, next you know. Friday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and keep it locked here Monday nights at 8 p.m. on the Five Reasons Sports YouTube channel. Uh, also, Friday night we will have a, a special broadcast uh, for college basketball here on the Five Reasons Sports. So uh, I will send out the link so everybody can follow with us. Yeah, it's a special you, broadcast. You'll be able to watch the show and comment and talk to, to myself, Ethan Skolnick, um, um, DJ Blue, if you guys hop on, go ahead and hop on as well. We'll have some commentary for you on the game as well. Yeah, if you guys have, if you guys have been following the Heat at all, we've done a couple of watch along. Well, not us, but like the Heat, the Heat coverage. They've done a couple of watch along. Same thing here. Uh, nice. And something they're gonna that we're gonna also do. Yeah, Blue, I'll send you the season. link so you can so you can hop yeah. on if you want. Yeah, it's, it's something we're gonna do during football season too. Um, obviously, yeah. I won't be on this time because I'll be at the game. But um, you know, we will do for 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 sure away games. We will be on for road games. I mean, for home games during the game. Do, yeah, during the yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. So basically, oh, wow. you you watch the game. We we all, we all stuff. yeah. It's like we're all in like small boxes, like talking about the game, and then the game is actually playing too. So everyone can yeah. kind of watch yeah. along with us. Yeah. It's very cool. I I would suggest that they keep sharp objects away from you, Vish. I mean, during those. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I mean, I mean, for, for 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 the for the basketball, like I had a choice. Jazz knows this, and I was like, you know what? I'm not getting a credential because I can't sit still and be professional. Yeah. So, yeah. so instead, I sat in the crowd with fans and yelled "Wooga" four hundred times and annoyed everyone around me. But <laughs> <laughs> I have to be the most annoying That's person to fun, sit man. next to because I'm, yell- I'm yelling out all their nicknames and 
And, if, you know, like there's not that many Miami fans there. Although the, the person sitting in front of me recognized me. So that was – Wow. Nice. Look at you. Famous Vish. Watch out now. Recognize me at the end of the game. It was odd because he never <laughs> – well, I mean, that arena – I'm not it, it was not the best um so uh we're kind of like jammed in there and he was sitting like right in front of me so he knew I was a Miami fan because again I'm obnoxious right. and not the normal Miami obnoxious way where I'm like talking crap I'm just like overly supportive of our team right <laughs> so it's like a different kind of obnoxious and he kept fist because he kept sticking his hand on fist bumping me then when we won this is against Drake he turned around to like high five me and he goes fish and I'm like oh okay yeah Ooh, yeah, 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 yeah maybe he's watching yeah Nice. Shout yeah, out to uh, uh, he, he did tell me his name and I forgot it, so I feel bad. But um, um anyway, oh, man, he could be watching right now. <laughs> yeah, well, well he definitely, he definitely, I'm, well, I'm he, sure, fo- uh, he follows, he follows me on Twitter. Lord. If he follow, he fo- follows me on Twitter, so he can definitely, if if he wants to 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 uh to to shoot me a, a tweet, sure I, I will I will do. Lowered blue. Oh, I I, yeah. I did not. I absolutely did not drink during those games. Are you kidding me? Oh, I'm too I, nervous. I will tell you this. Too nervous, uh, man. Too nervous. I spent- I spent Friday and Saturday night texting with OJ McDuffie, who happened to been who happened to have been at the NCA wrestling to see his oh. Penn State. Yeah, he kept. Te- I I couldn't believe that he was there. He says he oh, I love the sport. I says yeah, when your team wins by seventy five. Right. Well, the uh, Penn State has a national champion, a really good guy at one seventy four. That's a. Stud. They've had a few of them. Yeah, he's a two time national champion so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really good, real good really guy. Good but wrestling. they, but the the highlight was. Uh, the kid from Iowa got stuck <laughs> and he had won three straight national titles and wow. he hadn't been taken down all year. He got and his, old, his mom yeah. was in this yeah, thing. His mom, his, his broke mom her glasses. Had a complete meltdown. Yeah. Oh, wow. Complete meltdown. And he got I pinned? saw that. Yeah. I saw yeah, that. Who, who pinned him? A uh, kid from Purdue who got beat in the finals, but you know, wow. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, and the thing was, it was the the kid was winning seven to five with like twenty five seconds. So the kid from Purdue went for broke, and he, he got, got him on his back yeah. and stuck him. Wow! That's yeah, crazy. the whole place was there. Oh, this is the biggest upset in the history of wrestling. It was wow. one of them. Yeah, you know, his mom, guy, his, his mom was definitely surprised. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, she's a she was an altered for the Na, uh, Na, USA Olympic team for judo. Wow. So uh, don't not, mess with mom. Yeah, well, yeah, no, mom's probably gonna kick his ass when he gets home. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, all right. You, all you right. know, yeah, what a show, man. What a show. We started with show. baseball, went through all the basketball, the football, ended with Iowa wrestling. I mean, yeah. you cannot uh, be Penn this. State wrestling. Penn, Penn State. State. Penn well, State. Well, we kind of went oh yeah, yeah. We, we went through uh, Penn State, so yeah. So you can't you can't beat this. I mean, where <laughs> else are you gonna get this kind of content? Oh, we'll have to man. tag OJ McDuffie and let him listen to this. There you go. There you go. Uh, we'll see you guys next Monday. All right. Uh, stay tuned. And yep. uh, oh, actually, hopefully, we'll see you on Friday too. Okay. Yep. Let's do it. The Six Rig Kane Show. The Six Rig Kane Show. The Six Rings Kane Show. You know. <laughs>